The day of the draft, I think I woke up at like seven in the morning. The whole day, I was just anxious. I did barely eat. And once, once my name got called and I was like, we celebrated a little bit. I was like, all right, let's eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that was Rhode Island forward and MLS first round draft pick, Patrick Ajiman. And he's the guest on today's episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langone. Welcome to another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today I'll be joined by University of Rhode Island senior forward and recent MLS draft pick, Patrick Ajiman. Patrick, happy holidays. Thanks so much for running the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Big December was a big month for you. Back on uh, December 21st, you were drafted in the first round of the MLS Super Draft by Charlotte FC. 12th overall pick, first round draft pick. Pretty incredible accomplishment for you. I understand the, the MLS sent a, a camera kit to your to your house with you and your family to kind of catch the whole vibe of, of what that event was like for you and what that accomplishment was like for you. But kind of put that whole thrill of being drafted and what that night was like in your own words. It was it was filled with a lot of emotions, right? It was like anxiousness, hoping to get picked, just trying to trying to just enjoy the moment as well. But it was it felt like a lot of a lot of things going on at, all at once. But it was a it was a great night. When I did end up getting picked, it was just like a sigh of relief and it was just it was such a great moment because all the people in that room just had so much to do with my success. So it felt good having those people there and to be able to celebrate uh, get, getting picked was great. And just seeing the reaction afterwards, it was it was lovely, man. Now, who was with you in the room? How many how many family and friends were there? There was about twenty five people in the room. They were all either on my team when I was growing up or really close friends and families of mine, cousins and brothers and best friends of mine that I have, I grew up with. They all had a lot of things to do in my my, my path. So I st- stay in touch with a lot of people that really impacted my life. And those are most people that did. Now, I believe that the draft started at, uh, it was, was it 5 p.m. or 6 p.m.? So it was like right around, right around dinner. Leading into that, did you, were you nervous? Were you eating anything that day or after you were drafted? Did you have a big dinner after that? What was kind of that, that, the whole process of, of how you went about celebrating afterwards? The day of the draft, I think I woke up at like seven in the morning. I'm like, there's no way today is draft day. <laughs> I was just like, and I was like, I could get picked. This is crazy. And I couldn't believe it. So the whole day I was just, anxious. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't even know if I'm going to get picked. Like, I was just, I was a lot was going in my mind. I did barely eat. I think, I, I think one of my best friends was like, you got to eat. So he gave me like a, awesome. uh, like a biscuit, like a sandwich, something like that. He bought it for me. And I was like, bro, I can't eat. He's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was easy, man. It was, easy, bro. it was all, it was all good emotions. And once, once my name got called and I was like, we celebrated a little bit. I was like, all right, let's eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you're going to make up for lost time after that. Just that stuff in your face after that. Yeah, I was, it was good. Like, like what was before? I couldn't eat. But once, once, you got, once you got through that point, I was able to eat. It was good. It was- I mean, you had to have kind of a, a good inclination, though, that you had a, a strong chance to get picked. I know you went to the, the MLS showcase. You were invited to that about a week before the draw. Not even a week. I think it was just a few days before the draft. So you must have felt good going in, but did you expect to be 12th overall? I mean, that's, that's a, 
that's a high pick, a high first round pick. Did you expect that yeah. or were you surprised? So with the with the combine, I knew that when I I knew going into that, if I if I do well, if I play well, I would have a good chance of pressing teams. And when I was out there, I felt as if I didn't what I what I needed to do and I felt like I, I played really well. I showed who I was. I felt confident on the ball. I felt confident doing a little thing. So I was like, I think I did my thing. I think I did well. Leading up, I didn't know I had interest from had interest from teams and stuff like that. To be exact with the number when I was gonna pick, I didn't know, but I did have a good feeling that first round was a possibility. But definitely second round I'll get picked. So I knew that like I had a chance of getting picked first round. But when I saw twelve, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> but it, it was it's it's just a blessing, man. I was just happy like like to to just do the thing that I love and make a little history around my town and, and my state. So it was, it was nice. It was nice. Right. And, and you got, I mean, you got strong connections to New England, obviously. You're obviously playing at URI, but you started your career at Eastern Connecticut State. You're from Hartford, right? Or is it East, East Hartford, Connecticut? East Hartford. East Hartford, East Connecticut. Hartford. So you're from the region. I mean, you have strong ties to this region. Yeah. I think we, we, we calculated 12 players in the draft that have connections to New England, either they're from here or they played college soccer in New England. What do you think that says about this region of the country and the type of soccer that we're playing around here? I think we are under the radar. I think there are a lot of talented players that just don't have the opportunity to show themselves. They A lot of times here, it's like you got to be in a structured environment and it's not it's not like you, you played, someone's going to see you. Like you got to be in a, in a specific area. So I think that we are under the radar. I know a lot of players personally that shouldn't be where they are now. And it's similar to me when I was at, when I was at like high school and all these things, like I knew I could play somewhere else, but I just needed time to, to show myself. So there's similar people around here. That's the same. And I just, it's just, it's hard because you know, this place, you got to go through all these steps to get to where you want to be. And not everyone has the opportunity to get to all the steps. And not everybody has that that mindset to get to all this stuff. So it is difficult, but there are a lot of talented players here. Even the kids that were that are from around here, that from New England, some of them got drafted, some of them are going back to school. And they're like in the combat I seen, they were all really talented. So I think it's just um I think this region is definitely underlooked. Have you talked to any of the any of the guys from New England? Are you are you friends with any of the other guys who got drafted? Have you guys had any texting conversations or any phone calls since then? Yeah, I communicated with Jay Boma. Yeah, we we were really we're good good connection with each other. We were hanging out with each other all the time in the combine. We talked after the draft and just wishing each other best of luck. So yeah, I communicated with some of them when I was out there. There was a couple of kids from UNH. I communicated as well. Good kids. They 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 play well, just enjoying themselves. So yeah, I definitely communicated with some kids from um, the region. Now after the. Actually, I should say before the pick is made, did, did somebody from Charlotte reach out to you to tell you that you were about to get picked or did you just see your name on the board and that's that's how you found out? Yeah, I just saw my name. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, you have, name did you have any conversations with anybody from the organization after the after the pick was made? What's next for you with the, with the whole process? Yeah, so after the drive, they called me up and they just said like, congrats. They, they were happy that they picked me in. They just made me feel really at ease. They the whole time when I even communicated with them before, I just felt at ease and and I felt I felt like they really they really wanted to develop me. So now we go into priest with the team, who's obviously before the season, and they want me just to just to be myself. They want me just to play and enjoy and see where I, where my level is at. And I know that it's a it's a long process now. It's not like college soccer where it's two months and then the season's done. You have to do immediate impact. It's it's a course of the year. So 
I know that they, they're interested in me. They really like me and that's why they picked me and they want me to, to prove to, to people that I could do it. And they're going to give me the opportunity. They're going to help me a lot. So I'm just ready to start. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to be around them and, and learn, learn more than I've ever learned. When will you head down there? Do you know? Yeah, I'll head down um, next week or so. I believe, yeah, next week we, I pack up and I leave Connecticut and I go out there. Man, life so. comes at you fast. That's coming right up next week. What do you know about, about Charlotte? I mean, have, have you been down there? Have you spent any time down there? I don't know anything about Charlotte in particular. The showcase was in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So the weather, I already know the weather. I, I, I'm going to enjoy it for <laughs> sure. <laughs> nice. In terms of the, the city, I don't really know much, but that's what I'm kind of eager about. I love learning new things. I love being around new people and stuff like that. So I'm happy about that. But I have communicated with people that are down there and I communicated with people that been there and they they all say the same good things about the spot. And there are people I know that are down there that's that's willing to help me around with anything I need. So I'm just excited. I know I have support here and I have support sports down there as well. Now you're listed at at six foot four. Is Is that a legit six foot four? Are you really six foot four? Man, I could be taller than six foot four. I don't even know. <laughs> you might be you might be six seven. We don't even know. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? My cousins always say, like, this guy's six seven. He's not six four. I'm you. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? I don't even know, man. I gotta do another measurement because people look at me and say I'm not six four, so I don't know. <laughs> did you did you play basketball growing up? Nah, I didn't. Wow. It's the crazy part. Wow. I didn't. I didn't. I had a I had a I had a gross like a, a big gross break my from like my sophomore year to junior year. Where I was, I was probably like five, eight, yeah. maybe. Yeah. From like five, seven, five, eight, freshman, sophomore. And then like my knee started hurting bad and I ended up being like six, one, like my junior. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. So like, I didn't know how tall I was. And I was like a little, I was like awkward. Like, yeah. 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 So it was tough. It was tough. But I did play volleyball a little bit. That was fun. Yeah. I mean, I was curious because obviously with that height and obviously Hartford's a Hartford's a good basketball area. I mean, obviously yeah. you got you got UConn down there. Men's and women's basketball is is phenomenal. And that's that's a good basketball hotbed. So I was curious with that height if you had played. But I mean, obviously the height, it must come in handy in soccer too. I mean, that's gonna help you in the air. That's gonna help you be physical. Was that a thing where as you got older, did you kind of have to learn how to use that frame to your advantage? Did you kind of have to grow into saying I'm, I'm six four i'm six five i gotta i gotta start being able to use this to my advantage yeah definitely definitely it wasn't something that i naturally did i was never a hold-up player i never did a lot of hold-up stuff i was more of a i want the ball in my feet let me go at somebody right like, I'm, i want to get behind let me do it so i never really did that that piece but when i got to rhode island i was like cool i really got to start being able to hold up because it's so intense everyone just subs on the fly everything is like hundred miles an hour. Right. So like the ball comes into you, good. You don't have someone hit you in the back. Right. So I was like, I gotta be able to hold my own and and bully. Like I gotta be like a bully nowadays, especially with my frame. So I started to do that and and I got I got more in the rhythm of it. And I know like now when you go into the professional it's gonna be even worse because these these guys are more like savvier. Right. You know what I'm saying? They they understand the game. So a little bit more. So I know that I have to use it more and that just comes with practice as well. But I definitely did have to learn into it more. I was never really hold up guy, but now I kind of, I kind of have a little bit of things I could, I could do now. It's funny you mentioned the speed of the game. Cause like that, that's the thing. If you watch some of these D1 soccer matches, I mean, you just see them, especially if it's on turf or whatnot. I mean, their players are just flying around. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that's changed since when I was playing 22 years ago or whatever. I mean, 
The game has changed. The speed of the game has changed. And then you're right. When you get to that pro level, it's that combination of the speed is still there, but then that IQ or that, that incredible mm-hmm. IQ and that incredible decision-making factors in. Do you feel, I mean, is it, is it overwhelming at all to think that you know, in a couple of weeks you're going to be playing with professionals and you're going to be in that, that style of play or you feel like you're pretty well prepared for it? I think it's like a, a surreal thing. It's like a, whoa, like in a week or so, I'm going to be on these professionals. Like, it's just kind of cool. In terms of like, oh, I'm not sure if I, I don't think like that. I'm more of a, I'm here for a reason mm-hmm. and, and they picked me for a reason. So I'm just going to go and enjoy myself. I think when I enjoy my, my game, that's when I'm at my best. I'm not, I try not to overthink everything. I try not to say I have to do this, I have to do that. Nah, like I'm a human, we make mistakes, but I do know what I'm good at and I want to, I want to show it there. And hopefully, hopefully after this, the preseason and stuff like that, I know I'm in a good spot and that's where all I want. All I want is just to feel like I'm developing more into a player that I want to be. So I'm not really stressing about like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Nah, it's just like, it's just crazy. Like I can't even have this chance to <laughs> right. even play around these players. Right. So that's why I'm more, I'm more happy about to have the chance and I just want to enjoy it and prove to, prove to myself I can do it. New England's soccer journals, The Goal, will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerhead's New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Sirius Radio Comedy, and Jim Roberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to NESoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Let's talk kind of about your journey here. Now, where did you go to high school? 
East Harford East Harford High. And who did you play club for growing up? I played for a small club. It was called Hartford Aliens. I played for Mike Torres. I think he still runs it now, but it's like CCSA. Yeah. That was like, a, it was like the club that I played for, but man, it set me up so much, man. Yeah. I mean, would you consider yourself, do you look at yourself as like a late bloomer? I mean, a guy who just got better and better. Cause I mean, we mentioned how you transferred and you started Eastern Connecticut state and now you're an MLS first round draft pick. I mean, that's, that's incredible, incredible rise for any player. If you do consider yourself a late bloomer, was that like a tough process to go through knowing that like, okay, I'm not there yet, but I know if I stay the course, I'm going to get there. Is that a hard mindset to have? True, man. It was tough. It was tough. And that's another reason why I had all those people on my back because they, they helped me. They, they kept telling me to stick with it, just stick with it. Cause I used, I got discouraged a couple of times, man. I was just like, well, you have goals and, and you want to do these things, but you, when you get on the field, it's like, I'm not doing the things I feel like I can be doing. Right. And, and I always in my head, I'm like, I feel like I could be great. Like, I feel like I could be a good player. I feel like I'd be good, but I'm not showing it. I'm not proving it yet. And it was just, it was a mental thing and obviously a physical thing too. But as time went on, I started to start to click, start to click a little bit more. And I started to, every time I went up a level, I found myself going up a level. Like when I was at high school, I was at one level. When I went to Eastern, I got to another level. And then when I got to Rhode Island, I went to even another level. And it was like all these little things just kept helping my development in all aspects, all areas. So I got discouraged because I was like, dang, how come like Division One schools, no Division One school wanted me? Like I was right. reaching out, Oof. they just weren't talking back. And I'm just like, am I that bad? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was right. And, and like it, it, that happens and that's how it is. But I was just, I was just happy with myself because I just trusted my own process. And I just, I just had faith that if I keep going, anything could happen. So it was definitely, I was definitely a late boomer. And it was definitely tough, but when you have the right people around you and you, and you, you know yourself and you're not going to let no one, no one's words define who you are, man, anything can happen. You could go anywhere. Wow. So, so you didn't get a single D1 offer coming out of high school? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was two D3s, two D3s. Who, who was the other one? Who was the um, other D3? City Joseph's of West Hartford. Wow. So, so kind of take us through that process. You, you, you go to, what's your, what's your mindset when you arrive there? Are you still kind of looking like, are you saying, I'm going to play well here. I'm going to prove myself as that I am a D1 talent and I'm going to go, I'm going to transfer somewhere else. Like what were you thinking going into that, that whole process? Okay. So initially I was like, my freshman year, I was like, all right. I remember I had my eye low stuck in my room. I was by myself. I was like, all right, <laughs> it was pretty I was like, Pat, listen, if you're going to go, if you're going to go division one, you got to dominate here. Like you have to, that's the only thing you have to do. You have to dominate. It doesn't matter that you're 17 and these guys are 23, 24. You have to dominate. You have to be one of the best players in the field and all these things. So it drove me. It drove me. I was like, all right, I got to do my thing. I got to do my thing. It was tough because mentally, I, mentally, DeVito, he, he, he was on me. And it, and it was for a good reason. Like, I was not the best here. Like, mentally, I was, I was a mess. And he shaped my mental a lot. Like, I gave him so much credit. But it was hard. And then I started to realize, I was like, three is not easy like, no no this trick is hard I was, this is a hard game so i told myself i was like man i was like scratch that don't even think about division one just dominate here like it doesn't matter what where you go anymore i was like if you play well here someone's gonna notice you and that's where my mind kind of shifted from like i have to go division one to i was like you could stay here all four years but if you dominate you're gonna get one chance if you get one chance that's all you need right so i i kind of i kind of 
erase that that division one mindset after the whole freshman year, going to sophomore year. And then sophomore year happened and I, 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 w- I went crazy. Like I scored a lot of goals and got a lot of recognition, national recognition, recognition. And I was like, I was like, yeah, like, I was like, next year we're going to do even more. I kept saying that. I was like, next year we're going to even score even more goals. Like I wasn't even thinking about a D1 thing. But then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, it was like, well, like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. And we, I met a couple of buddies after it started to, like, dim down a little bit in the summer. And we started to play. We played a lot of games. I think we played a lot of, trained a lot, maybe every day for, like, the whole summer. A couple day breaks. And then I met one of them. We're really good friends now. And he went to Rhode Island. And he's the reason why I kind of got into the transit portal and all of that. But it wasn't even, it wasn't even any time. It wasn't even during the summer. It was probably late November. He was like, yo, I think you should slide to Rhode Island. I was like, huh? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and then and then he was like, yo, my coaches are interested in you. So I got into the portal. He helped me with the portal. I didn't even know there, w- there was a portal. Got on the portal and he, and I talked to the coaches and then boom, like I was able to transfer. But it wasn't on my mind, like I need to transfer. No, I was just, it just happened. It was like a gradual thing that happened out of nowhere. I think that's a a pretty valuable lesson for a lot of players to to learn is because like there used to be that stigma that D three is not it's not to the caliber that D one is D three soccer is is an incredible product and it's inc- there's incredible players same with Division two I mean Brodilio Rodriguez from Franklin yeah. Pierce just got just got drafted National Player of the Year in Division two if you're good enough I think you're right you're going to get noticed and if you do what you're mm-hmm. supposed to do and you're kind of living proof of that. So then when you, when you got to URI, did you notice like a, a, a significant uptick in what the competition was like? I mean, how did you kind of acclimate yourself to URI and playing in the Atlantic 10 and playing division one? How did you, how did you get acclimated to that? Yeah. So when I got to Rhode Island, it was very tough. And the reason being is because COVID was at its highest and no, you couldn't meet anyone. You couldn't talk to anyone. You couldn't do anything. And college life is a social life. You want to meet friends. Mm-hmm. You want to get comfortable. And there was no point in me getting comfortable because I was in my room the whole time. So I had my roommate, Yvonne, and we were just always chilling all the time. We tr- we go to training. I remember the first training, I was like, whoa, this training's kind of quick. I was like, it's, it's, a, it's a little sharp right now. I think everything's like boom, boom, boom. All right, next thing. I was like, whoa, what's going on? But it, it's it's like the main thing I noticed from Division One and Division Three, it's not it's not many weak points and and the starting eleven like and teams you play you you're not certain if you're gonna win. I remember I was at Eastern those games where I was like, yeah, I think we're gonna win this game. Pretty, I'm pretty sure we're gonna win. But when I was out there, the teams we played it never was like that. So that was the main difference for myself when I got into it and I started training. The adjusting piece, I think I adjusted really well. I think I adjusted really quickly, and that was just because of how much training I was doing with kids that did play Division One. And stuff like that. So I did see when it came to training, it was hard a little bit, but I adjusted really well. But the competition was a different, it was different, man. Like competition, the physical, how physical it was, how like, how, how much, how quick it was. That's where it was tough for me. Cause I was like, whoa, like what's going on? This is, this is wild. But I called on really well. I was able to start relaxing a little bit more. And that's when I kind of adjusted to that speed. And that's when I was like, okay, I got this. And then once I got just the speed, then I started to excel a little bit more. And, it just took his time, and yeah, that's not happened. Right. What, what kind of player? I mean, how do you see yourself as a player right now? What do you think are the biggest strengths that you have on the field? I know you, you've been productive goal creator at URI, but how do you kind of see yourself? What's like your best fit, and what do you what do you think you can 
bring to the table at the next level? Yeah, I think, I think the speed that I have and the, how comfortable I am on the ball. I am light on the ball on my feet. And I think when you see me walk on the field, you, you wouldn't think that right away. You'd be like, what's this? This hold up guy's going to do today. Like, <laughs> all he's going to do is flick, all he's going to do is flick the ball on. Like, but when I, when I start playing, it's like, whoa, what's going on? And I, I get that. And I understand because, bro, if a six, I don't even know how tall I am for real, but like a six, four, six, five guy going on the field, the highest player in the night, you're not going to expect him to be the best on the ball with his feet. Right. You're not going to expect him to even be the fastest because usually the taller you are, you're like, you're like slower. So I think I bring that to the table and I just, I, I, I could just, I think, like you said, like I create chances, man. Like just, I feel like whenever I'm on the field, somehow, some way I'll get at least one chance. Right. Not one, then I'll get, I'll create something else. I'll, I'll make plays for somebody else. Like that's, that's how I see myself. And when I have a good game, like I see myself creating multiple chances in the game and I see myself getting behind. I see myself being physical with defenders, spinning defenders. I see my, see myself beating defenders on the dribble. Like I have all these things that I kind of am good at and I'm confident at more than just like, oh, I know I'm good. I just feel confident at doing these things. Is there a player that's kind of similar? to you that you see that kind of has that that blend of size and, and on-ball skill? Do you do you look up to anyone or kind of try to mirror moves of a certain player? Yeah. I See, I, did, I didn't really... Okay, I picked out a couple of things from, like, Terry Henry. He, yeah. He used to play, like, a left wing and went to a striker position. Like, he 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 did both. And he he pick up the ball and just do whatever he wants. So that's that's some, kind of similar to what I like to do. Drug buck creates chances out of nothing. Like in his prime, he was just doing anything and then it just worked. And I, I like stuff like that. I like, I like my personality being shown. And that's why like recently, although he's not set to be like the best player, a player like Wilfred Zaha, when he plays, he just plays with like, can't like his, his personality shown. But he, when he gets the ball, he's going to do something. You're just like, what? Like, what are you doing? Right. But he just continues to go like that. And that's how I want to play. I don't want to be, I don't want to change my game. In the sense where I'm just playing, like, what's the term? Like, I'm just playing just to play. I want to be able to sh- show my personality, like, smile when I'm playing, know when I'm playing the way I want to play, do these things and and create things out of nothing. So, there's the, yeah, there's a couple of people that I definitely look up, look at, and I'll watch their eyes all the time, like, this is what I want to do, like, you know. You obviously seem like a, a positive and, and, and happy guy. I mean, is that kind of how you are in a team? Are you more of a jokester? Are you more of a keep it light type of guy? Or are you do you flip a switch and get super serious once you're on the field yeah so <laughs> i'm like a i'm a positive guy for sure 100 i always try to uplift my my friends and my teammates off the field and stuff like that and even on but at times when i'm on the field i do get a little intense intense and there is the, the switch that i do have and like i do demand a lot especially when i was in college i demanded a lot but i know that now it's like Everyone has that same mentality. I know college, when you go to college, like I had that mentality where I wanted to go professional. I was like, I need to do, we need to do this, this, this in order for, to help my team achieve goals and stuff like that. So that's why I kind of went out of professional mindset. But I know now it's like everyone's professional and everyone, this is their job. So at the end of the day, they're going to do what was needed to take to, to be successful. So I know that that's going to be the best switch that was going to be off the field and stuff like that, man. I'm just, this is how I am. I just laugh i'm comfortable i'm bubbly i'm able to talk to anybody new this is how i am i'm not really i'm not really like introverted as much but i do like my space but I, i'm able to talk to new people and stuff like that I make people feel comfortable what are you going to miss most about uh, college soccer and being at uri 
my friends. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, just, I don't know. It's like when you, when you're at college and you, you just always around those people and, and social life and like all these guys are around you, you meet new friends and stuff like that. That it's, it's, it's fun. And like, just my roommates are such good guys, bro. Like I'm going to miss them. And although we only had like a year or two to be around each other, it was fun. And I enjoyed that a lot. I think it was just the people and the social life. I'm going to miss a lot for sure. Do you guys play video games and stuff? Do you play Madden or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, we play FIFA. We FIFA. FIFA tournaments all the time. Yeah. It got so intense. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the best FIFA player? Who was the best FIFA player on the team? On the team? Ah, uh, man. I don't even know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't really know on the team. But yeah. in our room, there was like a kid named Pat Grichowski and Ivan Montoro. Yeah. Us three. FIFA 21? I'd say, I'd say Yvonne or me. Yeah. Maybe Yvonne more. But FIFA 22, <laughs> FIFA 22, it was Pat for sure. Who did you, who did you play with? Which team did you like to be? I was Barcelona. Always. Yeah. I always. Always. Yeah. Always. Got to stick with the same squad every time. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so, so obviously, so what do you think the next few months are going to be like? I mean, uh, the whole process of, of, of preseason and then the season starting, what's, how thick of skin do you have to have going into the pro game? Cause like it, sometimes the journey takes a little while. You're not, it, it doesn't obviously always mean that you get drafted and then you're starting and you're, you're playing heavy minutes. I mean, wh how, how prepared are you for what this whole thing is going to be like over the next few months, few years, everything? Yeah, I'm just going to take it in stride. I know, I, I like you said, I know that it's a process now. So I don't have to be so tense and say, I have to do this. I have to do this now. It's a process. It's a long season. Like, I can sit out the first two, three months, and then the last couple of months, I could go crazy. And any, next thing you know, I did really well. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like a process now, and I'm happy about that. I do enjoy the fact that preseason is earlier and a little bit longer because now I get more comfortable around the people that I'm going to be playing with however long I'm here and I just want to enjoy it day by day I think every day I'm probably gonna wake up with a smile because I'm just like wow I'm really doing this like this is my dream I've been dreaming about this for so long and I have actually have the chance to now right so I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough the the thick skin I think I built that thick skin this this past year especially going into preseason I know it's a little sidetracked but going into preseason of Rhode Island this past year I felt my best I felt I was at my best and I picked up two injuries that that was with me throughout the whole year, the whole season. Pulled my hamstring and sprained my ankle all in the span of like two weeks. Mm. And and I was, I thought I was at my best before that, but yet that happened. So I know that things can happen out of the blue and I'm ready for it. I've been, I've been through it and I just got to keep going. As long as they have faith in me and trust in my abilities and understand that it's a process and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Man, yeah, that must have been frustrating. I mean, your your senior year, you're you're looking for. I mean, you still had a great season. You still had a, a phenomenal season, but that must have been frustrating to battle those injuries, especially a couple in a short period of time. Yeah, man, it was it was tough. It was it was every every season you go preseason and before the season you want to stay fit, and you always think like, I hope I don't get injured. Like I hope nothing happens to me. I just want to be able to play through. Like before the season, every every year I always think like that. It's just like. Man, just focus on little things, but don't do too much. You don't want to get hurt before the season. And this past year, instead of me playing USL 2 like I did 2021, I decided to take that off because I wanted to be in shape and, and really focus on my, my health. And just for that to happen like that, it felt like it was like I made a mistake. And I was like, what? Like, I did everything I thought right not to get hurt, and I still end up getting hurt. Like, what is that? Yeah. But 
it's one of those things where I told myself, I was like, these things are going to happen. And if you want to play professional, I kept saying, I was like, this is going to happen if you want to play professional. If you really want to go and, and make a name for yourself, you're going to get hurt and stuff like that. But it's, it's the faith that you have. Like, man, like, I always think like how, how good God's really been to me because the journey just doesn't make sense. And I don't think it'll ever make sense to me. I just kind of like live through it and just want people to look back and be like, wow, you really went through that. But the faith I had, I just, pull. it was crazy, man. So I just, I just want to, I just want to this, this mindset and just keep going. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, you certainly have a great outlook on, on what you've done so far. And I think a lot of players can learn from your journey, just the, the, the values that you have and just the way you've, you've stuck with it. And now you're a, can call yourself a first round draft pick, which is pretty incredible. So that's, that's a heck of an accomplishment, but best of luck going forward. When you get down to Charlotte, we'll obviously be keeping tabs on how it's going. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking in the future. Yes, sir. Definitely. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thanks again to Patrick for joining the podcast. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England soccer journals. The goal podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens media production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.